The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Are your relationships like sandcastles or skyscrapers? Are they built shallow or secure? Are they built for play or for purpose? In the midst of the entertainment, there is a message that 118 million viewers received while watching the 2017 Super Bowl halftime show. And the message we heard about building relationships from Lady Gaga as our instructor and teacher was, I want your ugly, I want your disease, I want your everything as long as it's free. I want your love, I want your drama, you know that I want you and you know that I need you, your bad romance. I want your love and I want your revenge. You and me could write a bad romance. Sandcastle or skyscraper? Built shallow or stable? Is that going to last or is it going to collapse? The, the challenge with building relationships like sandcastles is that they're built to be temporary. And when reality crashes in, they wash away, leaving only ruin and hurt. They treat people as disposable, sex and intimacy as something to be easily discarded. And so it's no wonder when you play those kind of thoughts out to their logical conclusion that middle schoolers in America are experimenting with their sexuality at an alarming and dangerous rate. 20% of middle schoolers and 46% of high schoolers in America are having uh, sex and going all the way in their sexual experience, leading to obviously increased numbers of crisis pregnancy increased spreading of STDs. Statistics say right now in America that two-thirds of couples are cohabitating. If, the, if they're living together, they're cohabitating before they get married even. Maybe that doesn't sound like a big deal, except that now in America, in our urban centers, 50% of children are being born outside of marriage. A third of all children in America being born outside of marriage which leads to increased poverty rates, increased rates of dysfunction and unhealth across the board. Maybe you don't think cohabitating is a big deal. You might if you realize that uh, couples that cohabitate and get married are 80% more likely for that marriage to collapse. Cohabitating couples record uh, increased domestic violence of twice the rate of married couples, as well as significantly higher rates of infidelity and financial crisis, meaning it's causing a nation to collapse, where families are at the center of the building block of a country. And when we treat sex and relationships and people as disposable, then the obvious next step is treating people like property. So it's then no wonder that the fastest growing crime industry in the world is human trafficking. 27 million people trapped being used for labor or for sex. The, av the average 
age of a person being solicited and trapped in human trafficking is 12 years old. Endangered runaway children will be solicited by a pimp within 48 hours. And as we saw in the video, Lady Gaga singing bad romance, I want your ugly, I want your disease, I want your drama, I want your revenge, 118 million viewers, that day, Super Bowl Sunday, is not just known for great comebacks, for a, for a crazy pyrotechnics halftime show, it's also the number one day in America for sex trafficking. People go out to parties and they're doing more than watching the game. People flying to Houston, Texas to watch a game live are, trust me, are doing more than showing up at the Super Bowl. It's the number one day in America year after year for sex trafficking, meaning people buying other people to use them to fulfill their own sexual desires. And so what do relationships become? They become a means to an end to fulfill your own pleasure and interests, or like a drug to sedate you from the pain and the hurt that you carry and harbor. And so when lyrics and lyricists, when musicians and actors become the instructors on relationships, what we hear is, I just need somebody, I don't need much, just somebody to love. And if I'm not getting your kisses, then I'm going to end up needing stitches. I don't even know. Is this stuff crazy? Am I the only one that's reading these lyrics? Or do we just hear it and not even realize what's being said? Your love is my drug? So the instruction we get is either limited or horrific. And so who steps up and says, whoa, hold up, slow down, run from this kind of teaching. It's bad education and it will destroy you because you're going to build your life using sand with the foundation of sand and it will collapse like a sandcastle when reality hits up against it. So we have to look somewhere else for education on how to build relationships, how to date, how to enter into marriage, how to build a marriage that will last the test of time and storms. So where do we look? Can I challenge you that maybe, just maybe, that old archaic way of living as recorded by God in the Bible, not a list of rules, not, a, not, a, not an offering of religion, but God's story about love, a story about building relationship with God and offering us instruction on how to build right relationship. There is a book in the Bible actually about romance, about relationships, about sex. It was included in there because God cares about love and romance and sex and marriage and intimacy. And in this book, we discover principles on how to live. And so let me just dive in and offer some biblical instruction from a book, a song. It's actually called The Greatest Song, Song of All Songs, telling the story of a king who falls in love with a peasant. It, it recounts the journey from their attraction to their courtship, to their marriage, to their sexual intimacy, to a fight and a makeup. Maybe there's principles that God has included in this book 
as recorded in the Bible that we can draw from so that we can discover principles that we can apply to our lives today. Let's just, we're just going to jump right in chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. She is singing in this song, no wonder the maidens love you. Take me away. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. And immediately what we discover is in an ancient time, there is this rare glimpse into their passion. And a woman who can call out to her lover, hey, let's just run off together. Our love is so exciting and passionate. Let's just run away and let's enjoy the intimacy of our relationship. But it's not just some quick fling. It's not just a one-night stand. It's something more stable. In fact, he concludes that stanza of their song this way. The beams of our house are cedars. Our rafters are firs. Meaning there are beams that are being built on a foundation to build a home that will last. This isn't just some quick one-night stand that will quickly wash away and be gone and leave nothing but hurt and ruin. He's saying there is something stable. And so we're not just going to run off and run away and enjoy our pleasures and passions. No, we're going to build something that lasts. And there's a principle there that I think is powerful 3,000 years later that we can apply to our lives. And it's this. I would encourage you to take notes. Write this down in your program in a study guide. Feel free to use your smartphone or tablet. If you're online with us, type this into the comment section. Or feel free to share this on social media. We don't care. You can Facebook live it so you can share these principles with your friends. Maybe you can help them gain a better education than what they're getting in the movies and music and social media. It's this. Build relationships like a dream home. So pause for a moment. Just use your imagination. Let your mind run for a minute. What's your dream home look like? Maybe you're living in your dream home. Maybe you, have, maybe you have a picture of what it's going to look like. Is it on the beach? Is it in the mountains, a cottage? I bet it doesn't look like a sandcastle. They're fun to build, but they're not fun to live in. The problem is you and I are hardwired to build relationships like sandcastles. In fact, it is impossible for you and I to build skyscraper-like dream homes. It's impossible because our every instinct is to have fatal attractions. Our attractions destroy us and destroy others because they're driven by a core instinct called sin. Sin is at the root of every one of our lives. Sin drives you and I away from God toward believing that our desires and urges are God. As a result, we replace selfless living for selfish passions. We replace what God wants for what we want. And when we live a life pursuing sin, it hurts us, wrecks our mind, destroys our emotions, leaves our lives a mess, and, and we hurt others around us. Not only does sin hurt us and hurt others and cause a deterioration in the world we live in, but most importantly, sin cuts us off from relationship with God. God, who is our source of love. God, who is the only one who rightly loves. And when we are cut off from relationship with God, we start to replace God with the pursuit for other things 
And as a result, instead of building a dream home like a skyscraper, we replace it with relationships that look more like sandcastles that fall apart and collapse. Sin leads toward ruin, but not just in this life, forever ruin, where we spend eternity experiencing the suffering, which is the final climax of sin. But God, unwilling to leave us in that state, intervened in our story. Jesus later, he preaches an incredible sermon. That sermon's recorded by one of his friends who later, after Jesus died and rose again, Matthew recorded the life, teachings, death, resurrection of Jesus in what's called the gospel according to Matthew, an eyewitness account of the life and teachings of Jesus. Matthew records this moment where Jesus preaches an incredible sermon, teaching us a new and better way of living according to God's design. As he concludes this sermon, he ends it this way. Matthew chapter 7, verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and they beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is teaching, he said, if you hear this, you hear my words, and then you build your life according to what you want rather than what I want. You're going to build your life like a sandcastle. The waves of reality are going to come, and it's going to get washed away and destroyed. And it's going to feel like a great crash. And many of you, you know exactly what that feeling is like. You carry hurt into this moment. You're carrying brokenness and pain because your relationships have crashed around you. And, and you... Right now, this message stings, but I am not preaching it to make it hurt, but to bring healing into those dark and broken places in your life and in my life, because there is an answer. There is a new and better way. When we referenced, we were reading the quick, quickly, you know, little snippets of the love song of this lover who me and she's like, just take me away. Let's enjoy this relationship. Let's enjoy the attraction and the pleasure and the passion. And he's like, let's build a house that's stable and secure with cedars and, and beams of fur, right? It, 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 he reads it, it reads like this, the beams of our house are cedars. And our rafters are first. So how do you avoid building a life like a sandcastle where Jesus says, if you do not build on my words, it will collapse? And how do we build relationships, especially when we talk about dating relationships, marriage relationships, romantic relationships? How do you build relationships that resemble a dream house? So we can borrow from, the, from this lover who says, our house is secure, it's firmly built. It's this, let me, let me give you a principle, and I'm just gonna kind of walk you through some principles on how we can build a dream home. First to this, to build a dream home, build on a solid foundation. So let me ask you, not regarding your relationships, not dating, not marriage, not anybody else, examine your life. What is the foundation of your life? What are you building everything else on? Are you building your life on someone else? They are going to take care of me. They meet my needs. They make me feel good. I need a man to tell me I'm beautiful. I need a man to make me feel better about myself. She satisfies me. She completes me. She gives me what I want and most need. She is like my drug. 
Are you building your life on a foundation of your career, pursuit of financial gain, of getting that house, of getting a better car, a nicer wardrobe? Are you building your life on the foundation of what you look like when you look in the mirror? Anything or anyone that you build your life on as a foundation will collapse under the weight of your life. There is not one thing, there is no one that can support your life like a foundation. Only Jesus Christ can be a solid foundation in your life. In fact, that's what he says in Matthew chapter 7, before the part where he says a foolish man ignores these teachings of mine and builds his house on a sand, Jesus says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the, storms, the streams rose, the winds blew, and they beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Going to church cannot be a foundation in your life. Listening to a sermon is not a sufficient foundation. Someone else in your life cannot be a foundation. A godly man in your life will not be a solid foundation. A godly woman in your life cannot be a solid foundation. Jesus alone is capable of being a solid foundation in your life and mine. Are we building our lives first and foremost on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ? But not just believing in Jesus, he said, practicing what I preach. Am I not just believing in Jesus, but am I living the truth of Jesus Christ out in my life? Am I following Jesus? When we follow Jesus, we are building our life on the solid foundation of faith in him. And when we have active, living faith in Jesus, then and only then can I begin to build my dream home on top of my faith in Jesus Christ. Now, when you begin to build, let me challenge you. Two people without a solid foundation, don't make a solid home. They just make a bigger sandcastle and it just has a bigger collapse. Two unhealthy people, two incomplete people, they don't make a whole. They make a even more dysfunctional couple. If you're looking to someone to satisfy you, someone to complete you, it sounds good in Hallmark cards, but it doesn't work well in the therapy room. No one else can ever complete you, satisfy, or give you what you most long for. Only Jesus can do that. Now, when you think about relationships, if you begin to build your life on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ, and then you connect with somebody who's building their life on sand, when you attach your homes and their house collapses because it's built on sand, it will drag your house down. You must, therefore, come into relationship Meaningful relationships only work when two people each individually are building their life on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. Anything not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ will collapse. So if a part of your house, maybe, maybe you're building your marriage on Jesus, but your career is everything but Jesus. When that part of your house collapses, it will drag the whole house down. Be careful. That whatever you're building your house on, whatever the people that are, you're in meaningful relationship with are building their house on, if it's sand, it will collapse and it'll bring you down with it. To young people or those who are single again, 
You should not be just looking around at superficial uh, values, uh, superficial elements of what you're looking for in a person. First and foremost, you, you and I, someone who's looking for a person, must look for another who is building their life on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. If they are not pursuing God, you should not be pursuing them. And you should not pay attention if they're pursuing you. Now let's keep going. I feel like I sufficiently hammer that one. Here we go. Let me give you another principle that I think is really uh, critical in our lives. To build a dream home, use God's design. God is a master architect. He is a, he is a planner of what's best in your life. God has designed you. He's designed romance and love. God, it was his, sex was his idea. He gave it to us as a gift. So if we're going to look at how we should build a dream home, we should look to God as the architect. We should read his architectural drawings. All right. If you're not taking time to read the word of God, for how to learn how to love rightly, how to live rightly, how to pursue right relationships, how to build a marriage. You're not following the plans. You're not reading the architectural drawings. So what do you do? You're just throwing it together. I am so grateful that the, the contractors who built my house that I live in, they didn't build my house the way you've built relationships. They didn't just throw it together. I'm so grateful that they didn't just, you know, throw up sheetrock and then put two by fours up, then throw the insulation in, and then the plumber came in and was like, wait, what is this giant mess and just started putting plumbing in? I am so glad they followed a sequential plan of how to build a house. They used good drawings. They had good contractors that followed the rules and the codes of building. So why would you and I want to build relationships without following the architectural drawings of God for how he intended love and romance and dating and marriage to work. Don't look at it as a bunch of rules and religion. Look at it as God desires what's best for you and I and his plans help build a great home. You will only build a dream house if you follow the designs of God, you want to hear a couple little quick principles on how you can follow the designs of God. First, talk to God about it. If you're not praying first and listening to God for who you should date and how you should date and what your marriage should look like, you're going to miss listening to God's best. Submit to God's direction for your life, for your relationship, for your marriage. If you're not praying about one of the most fundamental decisions you're going to make in life, you're going to miss your moment. You're going to miss your opportunity because the enemy's tactic is to get you to trade God's best for something or someone less. So take a moment to pray regularly and talk to God about what is best in your life. Then you and I must submit to God's design. God's design for relationships, for love, for romance is not about you. That sounds like a radical idea when you think about love being my drug. For me to stand here like a, like a countercultural alarm saying, whoa, this whole love, sex, marriage, dating thing, it's not about you. It's actually about God. God designed romance, love, marriage, and intimacy to be a reflection of his love. If you're dating 
or you want to date, that relationship should look like the way God loves us. If you're married, your marriage relationship should reflect God's love, meaning the husband should be conducting himself the way Jesus loves the church, and the woman, the bride, the wife, should be responding to her husband the way the church should respond to Jesus' love. Because our relationships are not about us. They are an example of the way God loves. See, that's God's design. Want to hear a little more of God's design? Let me read Psalms. Chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, she says, I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. Notice that she's not speaking from a place of insecurity, of self-doubt. She goes, I know who I am. I am a rose. I am beautiful. I am worthy of respect and to be treasured. Too many women are coming into relationships because they feel insecure and they allow someone to treat them like garbage. You are a child of God. Women, you are a daughter of the king above all kings. You must see yourself as a princess in the throne of God. You must see yourself with value and respect and your love, your purity as a rose to be treasured and cherished. And then the man's response is, like a lily among thorns is my darling among the maidens. I see you and you alone. I have eyes for you and you only. I see you as someone worthy of respect, worthy of dignity, worthy to be treasured. See your loving relationship like a rose. Don't just yank the petals off. Don't give it away to anybody and everybody so that by the time you do make it to a marriage altar, you got nothing but a little stump of a rose. Man, guard your heart. Now, again, I feel like I need to keep saying this. This is not spoken to judge or to condemn. If you're here and you're, you're hearing this and you, your life up to this point doesn't look at all like what I'm saying. That is why I stopped and talked about Jesus as a solid foundation. Jesus forgives, he heals, he restores, he makes all things new. Your place right now, if you're looking back in regret and you're going, man, that is not at all how I've lived, good. Then you invite Jesus to forgive you and make you new. And, and then understand that God's desire for your life is not judgment or to condemn you, but to draw a line in the sand, separating your past from your future. If you feel guilty and shameful right now, then I want you to know that God has a beautiful future for you. You can begin today to build a new life according to the designs of God. Yes, some of you need to go back and allow God's spirit to work in some renovation. But God is in the reconstruction business. He is in the business of rebuilding what is broken and damaged. God is in the business of gutting out the rotten and replacing it with what is beautiful. God wants to build into your life according to his design what is awesome and healthy and is a dream according to his desires. Let me keep reading. Uh, Songs chapter 1, verse 7, she's singing and she says, Tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday, why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? And what she's saying here is, again, it's poetry. She's alluding to the fact that veiled women in that time would be prostitutes. I don't need to go out and throw myself at you. Show me where we can meet and how we can build a relationship so that I don't have to go flaunt myself and throw myself at you like the veiled women who chase your flocks because they're looking to pick up one of the men that live and work in the courts. I I don't want to be treated like a cheap fling. I don't want a one-night stand. I want something meaningful and lasting. Women, ladies, let's talk. Stop looking for a guy who can show you a good time 
Look for the kind of guy that will be good to you for a long time. Guys, stop looking at what can be easily seen. If all she's got is what you can see and she's showing you everything, trust me, that's all you're going to get. Look for someone of substance with a beauty that is far more than skin deep with an intelligence and a self-respect, a deep sense of modesty and expects to be honored. A woman that expects you to honor her is someone of great value. When you building according to God's design, your relationship should have substance to it. And then finally, let me, I'm going to bring you another principle. Here is the woman singing again, and she says, daughters of Jerusalem, she's kind of singing out to the other women around who are watching this relationship. You know, you can imagine that a, a royal relationship, a royal courtship is going to gain some notoriety and some attention. And so she's offering a principle as they're pursuing their marriage. And she says, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Yes. She's being poetic and making a point. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Her principle is this. She goes, by all of the laws of nature and biology, do not rush into love. Do not let your desires push you ahead of the right timing. To build a dream home takes time. Take your time. Did you guys catch that? Here, I think the enemy of your heart, the enemy of your soul, wants you to trade the ultimate for the immediate, to pursue instant gratification, to get your desires fulfilled now rather than later. But God's best requires you to trade now for later and to exchange the immediate for the ultimate and the eternal. God is not a killjoy trying to rob you of fun, but God is trying to help you build relationships that are more than sandcastles that will be able to stand the test of time. Because as we heard when Jesus was speaking, guess what? Both homes were gonna endure the storms. If you've been in a relationship for any period of time, you know that eventually every relationship will get rocked by storms. I know for Laura and I, man, it's amazing. All these years, uh, I was just telling Laura, I cannot believe this. Next year, we will have been, since we started dating, it will be 25 years. Now, granted, she was four years old, but anyway, um, we started when we got together. Uh, but we, I, I look at all the things we've walked through in our relationship, in our marriage, sickness and financial crisis and all kinds of issues in the families. And you know, right? Like the, the world you live in is going to rock you with storms. But we, we had the privilege, and I'm not saying this to beat my chest. We, before we met, both Laura and I had the privilege of both knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So when we got in, our, in a relationship, we dated five and a half years, and we did it, we did it to honor God. We stayed pure. We got married. We were virgins. And I, I will tell you, uh, and I'm saying that again, I, I'm trying to be very sensitive here because I realize that that is not the story that most people have. So, right? So I'm not, I'm not flaunting that. I'm saying this. I, I want to say this as an example because when the storms of our life have hit, I can tell you, we are grateful that we built over a long period of time a solid, healthy relationship. We learn how to communicate. We learn how to love beyond flattery. We learn how to love beyond words. 
We learn that love means faithfulness and commitment, right? Time is the proving ground of integrity and honesty and purity and faithfulness. Take time to build rightly. If you're, if you're not married, slow down. Hold on a minute. Run. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, but here's the thing, right? Like, like, if you're single and you're wanting to get in a relationship, you're in a relationship, not married, slow down, build right, build well, build what will last. If you're married, get back to building a healthy relationship, which is going to allow me, let me conclude it with this one. Final principle, to build a dream home, use Good materials. Use the best materials you can possibly use to build a healthy relationship. Don't build with cheap trash. Some of you, you're, using, you're filling your home with garbage. You're filling your conversations with junk. And then you're wondering why your relationship looks like a sandcastle. Get back to building using good material. If you're, if in your conversations, in your entertainment, you guys are filling yourself and literally consuming trash, stop it. Stop building your relationship based on what you're seeing in the world around you. Stop building your relationship based on the music and the movies and the social media and the entertainment. Stop mimicking those that have wrecked their lives. Build your relationship using the best material you can. Let me give you a couple real quick. Use the lumber of trust. Trust that, that goes like this. I will do what I say I will do. I am a person of my word. I spoke about this last week, but I want to reemphasize it. Your relationship should be built on trust, being trustworthy. People of your word and commitment. People who are faithful to each other. And if right now there is... There are elements in your relationship that are deteriorating trust. You need to go home, ask for forgiveness, put it out in the open. Don't hide it and conceal it in darkness. Put it right out in the light of day so you can deal with it and get it right. Some of you, before you leave and conclude this service, you need to repent before God and say, God, forgive me because I have not been trustworthy. I have disrespected my vows. I have disrespected my commitment. I have disrespected that person I said I love because I was pursuing my own desires and my own pleasure. Make it right. Build from this point forward on trust. Build with respect and honor. Honor means that I, I add value to the other person. Let me help you understand how to, how to use that. Honor means that when someone sees the way I interact with my spouse, they respect her more rather than less. They would, their view of her would increase value rather than decrease value. When I properly honor my wife, other people see her with greater value. When you honor the person you love, you should be building them up rather than tearing them down. Not only in your eyes and in their eyes, but in the eyes of others who are watching. Express kindness, compassion, be sensitive and caring, be quick to forgive, slow to hold grudges, quick to overlook wrongs. Love overcomes a multitude of sins. When you build with the right materials and the best material, you build according to God's design and you take your time, you're gonna discover that you can build a dream home that can stand the tests of time and the storms of the world that we live in. 
before you try to go on and apply the whole message, let me challenge you. If right now, when you examine your own life and you look at the, solid, you look at the foundation you're building on, if it's sand, can I, can I invite you to build on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ? How? It's a commitment you make. It's a commitment to believing in Jesus and following Jesus. It's saying, I'm not going to live my life according to my own design, according to my own interests. I am going to pursue God. I believe in Jesus, that he died and he rose again for me. And I'm going to invite his spirit to live in my spirit, to forgive me of sins and make me new. And if that's where you're at, then your pause moment is to begin that relationship with Jesus Christ through faith and repentance. If you believe in Jesus, are you building on him as your rock or are you still building on sand? Are you taking your time and are you building according to God's design and with the best possible materials? If any of those, as I was going through them, which one jumped out to you that you said, I need to get that right? Would you take a moment right now and pause and let God's spirit speak to you and pray? Right now, let's begin to get our hearts right. Some need to repent. Some need to ask God to forgive. Some need to allow Jesus Christ to become the Lord and Savior of their life. Some of you need to go home with action steps, begin to change the way you're living. Would you take a moment right now and allow God's Spirit to speak to you? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting Lifehouse Church dot org.